Good afternoon, good morning, good mid-morning, wherever you are around the world. This is, in fact, the Right on Track podcast, where we talk all things matter, Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends and the Railway Series. But never fear, I'm not joined alone. My name is Denim, and I'm joined by... Harry and Connor. And we have come to the conclusion of season two of the television series of Thomas the Tank Engine Friends, where we're going to talk about three rather fantastic episodes. Parry, what are they? The episodes we'll be looking at today, Denim, are Ghost Train, Woolly Bear, and Thomas and the Missing Christmas Tree, which are the final three episodes of the season. And what a ride of a season it's been. We've seen the higher budget, we've seen a whole ton of new characters, We've had a whole bunch of amazing songs, amazing stories. We've seen Percy have three accidents. We've seen a train crash into a building twice. I know. Lots of runaways. Lots of runaways. Two brake vans destroyed. Brake van abuse. Ringo's singing, yes. It's been a brilliant time. But now we are going to be moving on to our first episode of the review which is the very first Supernatural episode of the entire series. The first Halloween theme, you could say. Yes. It is Ghost Train. And every year on the date of the accident, it runs again as a warning to others, plunging into the gap, shrieking like a lost Percy, what are you talking about? The ghost train. Driver saw it last night. Where? asked Thomas and Toby. He didn't say. Oh, it makes my wheels wobble to think of it. Huh, said Thomas. You're just a silly little engine. I'm not scared. He is indeed a silly little engine, though, because as it's later revealed, (laughs) it was just a ghost on television that the driver saw. Yes. So, uh, Ghost Train, or as it's known in the US, Percy's Ghostly Trick, um, is the 24th episode of the second series, in which after Thomas uh, makes fun of Percy for being a silly engine, uh, Percy experiences a series of mishaps that leads to him looking quite like a ghost. Well, it's only the one mishap, to be fair. True, it is Mm. one mishap, but Mm. the domino effect is that then Percy and Toby team up to then pay Thomas out. Mm. Mm. Shall we say how? Uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) We may may as well, because not everyone's seen this episode and we need to summarise it for them. For sure. Essentially what happens is Percy has an accident with a cart of flour. Lime. Lime. Yes. Beg your pardon? Yes, well, you know, they they look the same. They look the same, even though lime's typically green in most, like, connotations. So Uh, actually is why. It's weird. Anyhow, so Percy has an accident with a cart of lime, which is becomes stuck on the railway tracks, and as of such, he becomes covered in white powder, hence looking like a ghost, and so he sees it as the perfect opportunity to spook Thomas in his engine shed, which he does, and, you know, from that, Thomas is a bit less cocky Mm. when it comes to matters of the supernatural. It is, and and this is a bit of a trendsetter for a lot of episodes to come as well. Uh, We get... Almost a supernatural episode 
each season following. Hmm. Yes, most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. And can I just say that this episode has got probably the best intro out of all of Series 2. It does. We Mm. played the intro, of course, for you in that clip there, and yeah, it really sets the vibe, and then it just takes it away from you. It's just like, what are you talking about, Percy? I love how it's just kind of like, hold on, hold on, what are we actually talking about? All it needs is a record scratch. Yes, yes, a nice little record scratch there in the middle. And, um, of course, there's some continuity to it. Uh, looking at it, we see a Percy model covered in scrap tissue or whatever mm. uh, going over the viaduct, which is still under repair. That it is. From Better Late Than Never, which is probably the most continuous and noticeable and remembered thing from said episode. It's a good mm. episode, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, and then, of course, eventually there's an entire saga of the lime and tricking Thomas with a bit of a parody on Three Little Pigs, actually. Yes. Let me in, let me in. Not by the... Smoke of my chimney, chimney chim chim. <laughs> yes, of course, as Thomas is inside the shed. Then I'll huff and I'll chop and I'll break your door in. It's Parry, quite funny. Parry mm. likes it. I do, very <laughs> um, much so. I, I do as well. And my sister particularly loves this episode because the face Thomas makes when Percy does that... St- ghastly spooky call and yes. like, yeah, yeah, it's just brilliant I'm, I, look at the time I need to get going I love that second half of the episode mm. where like it's morning and Toby's like where have you been and he's kind of like oh well and you could just see in his face he yeah, is a different engine mm. <laughs> and, and then like Percy whistles again and then he goes running off like afraid that the ghost of Percy you could almost there. see him jump <laughs> but, but yes uh, Toby goes in and tells Thomas Percy's had an accident and Tom's like so what I need to catch my train. He's going to delay me. Well, actually, in fairness, he says, poor engine, and it goes, oh, that means I'll be late. So it's like, I'm sad that Percy has gone, but I'm even sadder well, that I'll well, miss it, my it, evening train. It's not really mentioned that Percy's died until Toby then goes, and then I saw his ghost. But you couldn't say in the children's TV show that a character has died, because that brings up a whole other discussion. With... But do- doesn't, like, a ghost mean that someone's died? Well, yeah, but at that young age, you don't quite make those correlations. It's subtle. It, yeah. It's yeah. subtle. It's subtle, like being scrapped and locked up in a shed for always and always and always. You mean tunnel. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Sorry, listen to me, Captain Pedantry over here. Oh, <laughs> no, it's all good. As with the past two episodes, this is uh, right on track at late night edition. I'm just here for the comments. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of late night, one of the interesting things about this episode is how, how liberally they use their smoke machine. Yes. Like we see as it transitions from the spooky narration to the real world that they're in the mine and it's just filled I, with... I thought they were near the coal hoppers at Tidmouth. No, no, no. no this is the, the quarry. Oh, the they're in the quarries. Central Island so quarries. That's the time we see the quarry. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's just cloud covering the screen. Yeah. And it isn't until Thomas leaves that it kind of lifts and we get to see yeah. what's happening. Is it fog? Yeah, I, I, like I would imagine it's fog. it's fog. And if you could listen back to the clip there, you'll just hear the faintest sound of wind. Oh, 
yes. yeah, blowing yes. through that in the background. Wind, it's a nice little detail. It's and a the, very subtle touch. And, mm. and the way that it's there definitely adds a more creepy vibe, almost as if there's like a wolf howling at the moon or yeah. something. And this has been consistent throughout the season. In just about every clip we've played, we've heard interesting background noises. Yes. Like whether it's trains passing by in the background or brakes screeching, birds calling. They've definitely upped their game since last season, I reckon. For sure, for sure. And, yeah, and then a whole ton of nighttime shots. Mm. We see Percy making his way back home. Uh, He passes the windmill, which is seen in the opening titles, but... Fun fact for you here, Terrence was supposed to be in this episode. Yes. He was supposed to be pulling the cartload of lime. Yes, he was. Yeah, there's a behind-the-scenes shot of it. But, um, yeah, uh, all these behind-the-scenes, all the dark shots Mm. of it, and Percy is using the light engine head code with his lamp smack-bang-in-the-middle lamp iron. Ah, right in the middle. It's quite nice. Yeah, it's a little detail that makes it all that more Railway Series-esque. And, of course, speaking of the Railway Series, it comes from which book? It comes from the book Tramway Engines. This was the last book of the Railway Series that Reverend Audrey wrote. Yes. Uh, Also included in this book and the next episode we're covering, as well as uh, Mavis and Toby's Tightrope. Yep. Mm. Yep. And that was, I think I said that was published in 1972, and it's book number 26 in the series. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. The original good book. 26. It is a really good book. Mm. It's peak Reverend Audrey, we might mm. even say. And mm. that really comes out in the story of this episode. Mm. It has got, you know, a, such a nice little tale that starts it off, and it, oh, it's just on the TV. Mm. Which does seem like a real thing that could happen. Someone could tell a story, then an innocent child could go, there was a ghost. Mm. It's like, no, I was just on TV. It's like, oh. yeah. yeah, I was just pulling your leg, son. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you have the chimney chim chim, three little pigs. It's a really nice short story that I feel really works well in this format. It's a very short sequence, but there's a sequence I love in this uh, episode. It's the transition from when Toby uh, meets Percy at the signal box, and then Toby makes a trip from there back to Mm. Timmer Sheds, Mm. and you see him go over the Watermill Bridge, and there's just this lovely music cue we never hear again. It's only in this episode as well. Yeah, 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 that's the one. But it's just this really nice short transitional sequence that I think is really nice. We don't see much of that of Toby. Mm. Mm. And a whole ton of music in this episode we never hear again. Like the... Mm. A psycho-esque... A A bit of Jaws in there as well. Yeah, Yeah. it's such a horror mashup. Mm. And I feel that Mike and Junior really gave a homage to all those horror classic blockbusters. Oh, I 100% agree there. And it's also worth noting that even though this is a spooky episode, it's mm. not particularly scary. No, like you could it's defi- not. You could definitely play this to kids. It's and they were just camp. Yes, and they love it. Uh, yeah, they just go, you know, oh, okay, this is cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think this is really kind of a sweet episode. I think that's yeah. a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. Someone's... Uh, Getting their own back in a good way. Yes. So what are we thinking about rankings for this episode? I really enjoyed this one. And talking about it now, it's made me realise how special an episode it is. So Mm. I'm going to give it an eight. 
an eight. Yeah, I'd give it an eight as well. Yeah, you know, I, I'll I'll make it a Montague. Oh, there oh, we are. There we go. It's yeah. unanimous. It's an eight. A unanimous eight, and actually a quack. <laughs> you mentioned before, uh, Dan, the shocked face of Thomas. Mm. That this is actually that was the... me. Thank you. Oh, you. Sorry. There's two Toms. It's confusing. It I is know, confusing. But... Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned Parry, mm. uh, shocked face of Thomas. This is actually the last time we ever see the original Thomas shocked face. It is indeed. After that, it would just revert to his season one, you know, all face. Yep. With the yeah. small little round hole in his mouth. Yes. And mm. I, I miss that shocked face. It seemed a lot more dramatic. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's a good episode. The music is unforgettable, mm. especially that opening first few seconds. Mm. So, a unanimous eight. I think so. I think it's uh, a very liberal score amongst us all. Absolutely. Now, we should also mention that was the fourth accident that Percy had oh, no. in season two. And in the next episode, we will be witnessing his fifth accident. But before we do, here's a clip to Primus. This is Wooly Bear. In summer, the gangers cut the long grass on the lion side, raking it into heaps to dry in the sun. At this time of year, Percy stops where they have been cutting. The men load up his empty wagons and he pulls them to the station. Toby then takes them to the hills for the farmers to feed their stock. Such a lovely little theme there, just to round off that scene. It's the mm. second and only time uh, we hear it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, so in season two anyway, because we do get a variation of it in season three. That's it's right. known among fans as the viaduct theme. Yep. Because, of course, we first heard it back in Better Late Than Never when yep. they were crossing the viaduct. Very interesting way of starting off the episode, I think. We sort of get the sense that it's summer. Our yeah. first shot is seeing men cutting up the hay. Mention of gangers, mm. which, of course, are for those who aren't aware of railway terminology, gangers are typically the crew of men that go along the line, fixing it, making sure it's all safe, which is why they'll be crossing the uh, long grass next to the line, making sure that's clear and no engines can really set it alight with their smoke. Mm. And again, props to the sound effects, guys, because we could hear the men chattering yes. in that scene just there, very faintly. It's very clever. Um, aesthetically, it's very different from what we've seen in season one and two. So yeah, I think we don't really see a lot of summer scenes, do we? No, no it we makes don't. you sit up and go, oh, there's something different straight away which mm. I think I really enjoy about this episode and that really juxtaposes with the next episode because it's the winter episode yeah. it does yeah mm. but yes uh, in this episode Percy experiences a, a series of misfortunes mm. so first he's working at a harbour isn't he so yeah he, he uh, works at the harbour having had an argument with Thomas yep not long beforehand he has a crate of treacle dropped on him yes uh the same crate of treacle we actually see in the flashback in Daisy. It's also seen back there. Ah, interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, we get this great shot of Percy looking up and then his uh, eyes closed face preparing for the accident just drops on top of him. Yep. Yeah. And then after that, as he's going along the line, there's a lot of wind mm. and it blows 
all this grass and wheat all over him. Mm. And when he arrives later at the station, Thomas laughs at him, and so does everyone else, because he is very, very hairy. Yeah. yeah. So because of the treacle, he's been left all sticky, and then the grass grows on, blows onto him, rather not grows out of him. Jeez, what am I saying? <laughs> he is green. Peculiar. If it, it would be very peculiar. Imagine that vegetation growing out of a steam train. Oh wow! But Only it, when it's scrapped. True. True. But anyhow, this engine has not been scrapped. The grass has blown onto him, and yes, he later says that he looks just like a woolly bear, Percy, when he sees yes. his reflection. And it's the first time we see a mirror. Yes, it is. In this series. Yeah. Yeah, um, Also, it's worth mentioning at the beginning where Percy and Thomas are having their banter. Thomas refers to Percy as a green, an ugly green caterpillar with red stripes. Yes. I I think that's that's the exact quote. And what is interesting about this is that it comes from real life, as most of these stories do, except it comes from the Reverend's real life and not train related. Mm. It's railway series related, though. So, uh, for a whole bunch of the illustrations in the series, see uh, Reginald Dolby illustrated them. Mm. He's a great, uh, well-loved illustrator. I believe he's your favourite? He'd be one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah. He, he favorite. is my favourite. He's your favourite, mm. yeah. And what happened was the Reverend sort of insulted uh, Dolby by saying that his illustration of Toby made him look like a green caterpillar. With you mean Percy? Percy <sighs> made him there look like go. a green caterpillar with red stripes. And that was a common complaint he had because Percy didn't look like any other train engine. And it's often said in like the annuals and the official books that um, act as a companion to the series that Percy is a unique engine and he has no real basis. Exactly. Hmm. But still, I like Percy. Yeah, I, I like his look. It's, it's really cool, I think. Yeah, I reckon. Mm. But Percy's well-loved. And, and I've, I've worked out why I get tongue-tied now. Whenever I start talking about something really passionately, and I feel like I've memorised everything, I'll always mess up one... Word. Word, thank <laughs> you. There we go. It happens to me as well. Yep. But, yeah, it's a really unique episode. It's... Short and well, well, it's still five minutes in length, well, roughly. It's but, the same length as everything else. But but it's really a story which doesn't have a lot of meat in it, shall we say? Yes, mm. it doesn't. It has the sort of argument with Thomas, which takes a few seconds. Then the treacle, then the hay, then Thomas meeting Percy again, and then the rest is just montage and filler and B roll and whatever I was sacred to pad the time out. That is exactly right. I reckon there's a lot of interesting parts of this episode when you reflect back on it. Like, one of the favourite things, I think I'm a lover of transitions, but I love the scene where uh, Percy's climbing that hill and the wind is blowing and all the haze getting in uh, his way. That's one of my favourite scenes in the story. Yes, and we actually get to see all of it moving round. The wheels slipping as he tries to move forward. It's really well done, that scene. Definitely. I'd say it'd be my favourite part of the story. Uh, Yeah, Mm. I I agree with you there. Mm. As crazy and funny as Percy's hairy caterpillar model is. Mm. But there is a tinge of sadness to this episode, though, Connor, because at the end we see that uh, Thomas makes fun of Percy. He tells Toby about it. Yep. And it's just them at the shed 
making fun of Percy. That's it. There's no like. There's no comeuppance. No, Thomas is the Thomas is the one at fault here. He should be the one who getting covered and looking like a hairy caterpillar. Yeah, that's exactly right. All Percy did was just stand up for himself, and here he is, you know, being the butt of every joke as he returns to the shed. And having accident after accident. Yeah, that's right. There's no sympathy from either of his co-workers. It's just... Yeah, it's slightly depressing. It's it's a little... Bordering on bullying, I think. I don't know how well this episode is regarded from that point of view. Mm. Mm, Definitely. Yes, please give us your thoughts, listeners. What what do you think of this? Do you stand up for Percy? Let us know. Mm. Yeah, but rankings for the episode. Given what I've just said, I think it goes down to a seven. A seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going for a six. It's got some great music, special effects, but it isn't meaty. It's lots of B-roll, and the most creative thing is that wind-blowing scene, and everything can just be sum- summed up as Thomas makes fun of Percy, Percy gets embarrassed, Percy gets embarrassed, Thomas makes fun of Percy. There's no resolution. Yeah, th- and that's... Another thing we should mention as well, because this is the penultimate episode before the Christmas finale. Yeah. Yeah, there's really no resolution to this. Percy doesn't bounce back after this. This is a low point. This is a nadir for Percy. Having had five accidents over the course of the season, and probably, I would guess, having more stories sent around him than any other character, you know, it just ends on such a downer. You're right, yeah. you're right. I think for that reason, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and now we're moving on to our musical feature that we like to have. Parry, what is it? Well, this is one of your choices, Connor. Yes. It is a remix of AHA's classic song, Take On Me, but done with the music and sound effects in the style of a season two Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends episode. And this comes courtesy of... Denim, you're closest to the screen there. Thomas the Tank. Okay, then. Duh Tank. D-A Tank. A D-A. Duh Tank. Okay, let's play that song.
back to the Right on Track podcast. That was Take On Me by Aha, but done in the style of those sneaky little synthesizers that Mike O'Donnell and Junior Campbell used to their devices, composed by Thomas the Tank. Mm, classic 80s song, remixed in the style of a classic 80s TV show. Oh, you can't ask for anything more than that. It's done so well. And now we are coming to the grand finale, the big mama of series two, which is the ever well-known Thomas and the Missing Christmas Tree. This is, of course, the Christmas special. It's written by Christopher Audrey. I believe it was done specifically for the show. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. And, well, it's Christmas on Sodor. There's snow everywhere. I mean, what more could you ask for? It's pretty great. Yeah, let's roll that clip. It was two days before Christmas. Many children were expected on the island of Sodor. All the engines were busy with the final preparations. The fat controller wanted this year's carol party to be an extra special celebration. The fat controller was now waiting impatiently for Thomas. Quickly now, he said, our Christmas tree has arrived just in time. I want you to fetch it, Thomas. Duck can look after Annie Clarable until you get back. Will we be able to sing carols too? Asked Thomas. We'll see, promised the fat controller. It would be nice to sing carols again, sighed Thomas, as he set off on his important mission. Thomas collected the tree safely, but large snowdrifts lay ahead. What I particularly love about this scene here is when Thomas hits the snowdrift. Remember the first time in Thomas Terrence in the snow? Yes. It was sort of like a shocked look on his face, whereas in this one he's got a disgruntled, almost, yes. you know... not again. Yeah. And in uh, Thomas Terrence in the snow, we didn't actually see him crash. We saw a smash cut. And then him being trapped in the snow. Whilst this time we actually see him. Yeah, he plunges straight plunges into it. Into the and snow. then he says, Oh, bother, I better try and make my way out of this one. And it makes me so happy that we get to see an engine crash into a big pile of snow. And of course, we have a throwback to the runaway mm-hmm. with Duck taking um, Annie and Clarabelle. Mm-hmm. And we've also got a throwback to the episode The Deputation, in which Don- Donald and Douglas who are the engines most proficient in the snow, go and search for Thomas. Yes. And they're the ones who bring him out as a snowbank. Yes. It really is memorable. I think that's the one word for it. I think, as you said, with the snow accident, it shows how far the production value has come. But seeing like these little glimpses and throwbacks from what we've seen in the last season is really nice. And they kind of did that to a degree with Mrs. Kindly's Christmas in season one, but I think they do it even more so here in season two. They absolutely do. And there are heaps of neat little touches in here. Like when Donald and Douglas first come upon Thomas, you hear this very muffled, Help, somebody help me. It's very cool. It it must be the wind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the (laughs) It's done so well. But of course, the entire plot of this episode is Thomas has taken this Christmas tree, he's retrieved it, He's trapped in snow. No one can find him. He's running late. And then Don Douglas find him. The Christmas tree is saved. Christmas is great. And there's a big celebration with a visit from 
the man himself. Father Christmas. Ah, oh, yes, which is actually just a redressed farm. Fat controller. Yeah, fat controller. It's just a top and hat in a red suit with a red hat and uh, a big white beard. Yes. And in the finale here, it's just beautiful stuff. We're at Tidmouth Station. All of the characters from season two are there uh, and celebrating one, Christmas. Except Daisy and Henri- Henrietta. Oh, Daisy's not there, really. No, but, Daisy and so Henrietta. So Diesel gets an invite. He's there with Bill and Ben, and Daisy doesn't come up. That's just yeah. wrong. Diesel was sent to rain disgrace, and mm. Daisy, d- d- it's bad for us Swerves to celebrate. <laughs> Daisy was on the other railway. Uh, yes. Oh, okay, yes. yes but course. what about Diesel? He had other matters at hand. <laughs> right, okay, okay. He's pretending to be another Diesel. <laughs> your your name's uh, Geisel, is it? Yes, yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Uh, uh, Geisel, Geisel, I'm sir. Mr. Snrub, and I come from a place <laughs> far away from here. Hello, my name is Mr. Snrub, and I come from uh, some place far away. Yes, that will do. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm throwing in another Simpsons reference in a Thomas the Tank Engine podcast. Oh, don't please, worry. listeners, if you are a fan of Simpsons memes, definitely please cross this over. Yes. But, of course, um, as with last Christmas, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they uh, celebrate by singing a little bit, a little Christmas carol, don't they? At the very end there, uh, I don't think they sing the lyrics, but... Really? Well, no, I think it's just... You can hear it in the background. Oh, okay. There uh, because that's when Father Christmas touches down in Harold the Helicopter, which is another really nice throwback, too. Yeah, yes. we've got Harold's majestic fanfare there as he lands. And Percy thinks that's Father Christmas, but it's actually just the light of Harold. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then it is Father Christmas, because mm. Father Christmas arrives. And it's it's such a nice little episode. It has it's got, of course, the snow. We all love the snow. Mm-hmm. Every we- engine has got a hat. Yes, every engine has a little Santa hat to wear. I mean, we've said on this podcast before how much we love Sodor in the winter and how beautiful it looks. It's a beautiful yeah. aesthetic. Mm. I wouldn't mind if the entire show was just set in a perpetual winter. Yeah, let's do that. C- come on, if you're listening, showrunners, do that. We want yes. an entire season in the snow. Yes, make the big freeze from Tugs, but in Thomas. Oh, mm. could we have like, could you divide a season into quarters and have it by season? Yes, yes. that would work as well. That would be so. And just good. call call like. No, this is how you do it. Okay, I'm mm. I'm, I'm in dreamland here. But <laughs> you have four episodes that make up the whole season. Yep. Each episode goes for half an hour, and right. you just call it summer, autumn, winter, spring. So do a Gilmore Girls remake thing. Of course. Yeah. Mm. La, 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 la. Does that mean we get a Melissa McCarthy cameo? <laughs> of course. It goes without saying. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, actually, I like the idea of, for future like seasons, every single season... Or series to be set within the time frame of a year, mm. because that gives great p- potential to get those wonderful little trilogies that we miss in the current series. Um, actually, back in order since everything does follow one another logically. That's very true. It it is quite nice, and I like it, especially when either they do that properly. Or they have epinotes. 
or when they have episodes happening at the same time. Yes, and I want... Oh, so, so we're talking here like a... Arrested Development Season 4 arrangement. Yeah, they've done that in Thomas. Have have. they now? Yeah, Mm. they did it. Season 18, there is an episode that happens within the time frame of the special that came out that year. Uh, And you can see the start and the end of it in the special, and then they have that in the episode. So, like, chops and changes around each other. Okay. It's got Toad in it. It's great. And (laughs) then they also have um, the end of the fastest red engine on Sodor from... 21? Correct. Uh, at the start of A Shed for Edward. So they recount that story very quickly. So it, it's really good, and I'd like to see more of that, but it's the end of series two. There yeah. have been stories good and bad, and all the engines have gone together for a wonderful little Christmas party. They have. Indeed. It's sort of like bringing everything together like as you said Denim it's just throwing back to all our favourite moments from the second season we see Terence Trevor Bertie everyone except Daisy and Henrietta Mm. they're not invited they're (laughs) on the other railway where all the smug engines are yes Henrietta is definitely Maybe there's a story in there that Daisy and Henrietta had to do something together a bonding exercise perhaps oh yeah trust falls yeah (laughs) they've, they've gone away on a weekend camp trying to figure out their um, things out between them yeah the other possibility is this is Christmas and because all the engines are at Tidmouth they're doing the Christmas train true yeah so they are the last line of passenger service that, on that, Sodor that is possible yes yeah. and I, I do like the idea of every year they actually hold a big Christmas party and, and like all, and it just feels so wholesome. It does. It does. Having, you know, having all your friends and family and co-workers together, you have Duck next to Edward because mm. they've stood up and worked with each other tons of times. Mm-hmm. You've got Gordon next to Boko, which harks back to the friendship they developed. You have... The dis- uh, sorry, not the disease, Wrong Road. Yes. Yeah. And you have some of the cheekiest engines next to each other with mm. Bill, Ben and Diesel. Mm-hmm. Classic troublemakers. Thomas and Percy next to each other. And Toby. And uh, the Fat Controller on another stand at the front of Tidmouth Station. Mm -hmm. In gold lame this time. Yes. It's not made of Lego bricks. (laughs) I was just thinking about that. (laughs) And and it's sad to see the Lego bricks go, but, you know, they... they, It looks more professional this way. It looks more professional. A professional show about talking trains. Mm -hmm. It's very good. I will admit. I almost don't want to give a rating. Yeah, like, let's just not give one this time. Let's let's just leave it as because is. Because I feel like if yeah. we give it a rating, that means like we're giving a definitive thing because uh, oh, this episode, you know, it isn't, it hasn't got the most elaborate story. No. It ha- Its most interesting thing is the entire covering of Thomas. Mm-hmm. But it is so wholesome having all the engines together, everyone celebrating, having a good time. I, yeah, I I don't want to give a rating. I think that's fair. Fair. Well, since we don't want to give this episode a rating, what about season two as a whole? Ooh. What would we be giving that out of ten? Okay, so we... It's a bit of a mixed bag mm. because we have had some really, really good episode, Old Iron, but then we have some questionable episodes such as Bear Late Than Never, 
However, I would say that Series 2 has been the most um, well-kept to the source material of the Railway series. That it has. whole time of the episodes feel very Railway series-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, they have made a lot better use of their budget with the snow, with the larger sets, Visual, whole bunch of new characters. Visuals are more impressive. Yeah. The sound effects are excellent. The sound Music, mixing is brilliant. Lots more characters. Yes. Yeah. I'm leaning towards an... 8.5. Okay. 8. 8.8. 8. 8. 8. 8. Very specific. Uh, I'm just thinking back to the first season, and I think when you consider everything it achieved, it's impressive, but it doesn't have that quality that season two has. So season yeah. one, I'd be looking at a six, and given everything that season two has achieved, I mean, of course, it's had its slack moments, but yes. overall, it's been quite solid. So I'm going to give it... A seven and a half. Seven and a half. Pretty solid. Mm. Just looking at the list of episodes here, I remember one complaint we had very early on was uh, the way the episodes were laid out. Yes. Mm. And I think yes. if I re-curated this episode, I would have cows open the series. Yep, which yeah. was the original opening. Yeah, yeah, you do that, and then you make sure that the two Trevor episodes are together. That really jars me for some reason. Yep. Then have all the Percy episodes together. So Percy is a duck takes charge. Percy yeah, but because ducks introduced there, will you have? Actually, no. This is what I do. Percy takes the plunge, then Percy and the signal, mm. and then duck takes charge. And which at the leads end nicely of... into the runaway. Yes. And then Pop goes the diesel. That's clever. And then that leads into the Duck trilogy. Everything sort of works well together. Which goes into Better Late Than Never and the Donald and Douglas episodes. Yeah. And then you have the Branchline episode, or Thomas's Branchline, sorry. Uh, but the only thing I'd change is just put um, Thomas Percy in the coal, as you suggested, before Thomas comes to breakfast. Yep. And then have Ghost Train and Woolly Bear follow on after... Percy's predicament. Yep. And then all the Edward Branchline episodes, and then this episode. Yeah. That 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 would make my head canon very and, happy. And what ranking would you give it now? I think now there's there's a lot that I really 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 enjoy about this season. If I'm looking at the DVD shelf, this is one I often will pick up and chuck yep. on. Because there's so many, so many memorable stories, the production value has increased, and Sodor is really beginning to feel like a bigger railway. Like even in this episode in the opening, there are so many different various forms of rolling stock and in the yard. Yeah, there's even a shot of when Thomas is talking with Sir Topham Hat, and then Edward just goes by in the middle of the shop, blocking our view of Thomas for a split second. Which is what happens on a typical railway. Exactly. I mean, there are. So many train spotters who get so peeved when mm. they're trying to create the perfect video. It's almost a train like it's going happened past. here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, not just speaking one. from experience. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what, what you mentioned about the, all the episodes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go down to an 8. Not an 8.8, just an 8. Because the order of the episode really does annoy me. Yeah. I think I'm probably going to give this an 8. Yeah. And that has been... Series 2, guys. Mm-hmm. And also, we must sadly say goodbye to Ringo Starr. 
Yes. This yeah. is the final time we'd hear him narrate Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. He would be replaced with Michael Angelus in the third season. Yes. And he will only ever make a quote-unquote return um, in his model form or in the 2012 Children's in Need BBC special. Yes. Where he voices Thomas and sings Dry Horror a few times. You know what I would love to happen if they ever made, like, another Thomas film as big as The Magic Railroad? Mm. Get Ringo to voice Thomas. Right. Mm. That would be good. Yeah. Or if not Thomas, at least one of the engines. Yeah. 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 I think it would be good. But I think Ringo was definitely one of the things that held up or got a lot of interest for Thomas as a show. Yes, a whole bunch of the original broadcast papers for it would go Ringo Starr from the Beatles or former Beatle voicing Thomas. Yeah, it was really interesting seeing Ringo appear with the Reverend Audrey and all those British chat shows. And it's like, so how did you come to be the yeah. voice of Thomas? It's like, well, the producer heard me on another talk show and she decided our voice was perfect to be a narrator. <laughs> I, I, you know? Which is how it happened. Yeah. yeah. And what I would really like to see is, of course, they can't actually get... Ringo in. They may, but unlikely. I would like to at least have a model version of him, much like how they have a CGI rendition of the Reverend Audrey sometimes appear. Yeah, and Teddy Boston now. Yes. Yeah, and Teddy Boston. I'd like to have a Ringo version in there, just somewhere. Just, you know, I have a train fly by and... He, like, looks up from his paper, then goes back to reading it. They should have an episode centred around a washed-up rock star, and, and he voices the rock. Oh, <laughs> that. That, that, that's a little bit harsh. I know it's a little bit harsh, but still... Actually, another fun fact, I was watching an old episode of Spicks and Specs, the quiz show, the other day, and one of the facts they presented was that Ringo Starr achieved his first number one since his time with the Beatles, due to his involvement with Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. There you go. And, it did something yeah, for him. It did. And he did something for it. So thank you so much, Ringo. Yeah, this series probably wouldn't be here today without you. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it wouldn't be here without the Reverend's stories. Mm. Or Christopher Audrey's stories. Yes. Or Orcross' mm. wonderful work as well. And or David Mitten's directions or... A whole bunch of people that have helped put this together. The art of uh, Rob, uh, Bob Gorgulias. Yeah. Which... The music by Mark O'Donnell and Junior Campbell. Oh, it's wonderful. And this entire series, I would say, is it, it isn't my favourite, but I would probably say if you want um, probably the best quality, like overall, on average... Mm. Uh, with no dead spots anywhere, um, apart from Bare Lake the Never, but that's okay. Um, you I know. still attest to disagree. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, it has got wonderful train-spotting moments. It's just its story is a little dull. Yeah. Mm. So I, I'd, I'd say Series 2 is probably the best you can probably get. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. I it's it's, oh, it's uh, not the favourite. Uh, okay, right. It, 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 I would say definitely if you want the average best, because, you know, there are hardly any dead spots. Say with Series 4, an often well-loved one, it's got a weird mishmash of episodes at the end because mm. you have the 
you know, the Scarlowy, then you have Stepney, then you have the rest. Yeah. Series 5 makes up for that, though. So, yeah, Series 5 actually covers a whole bunch of stories that... And a lot of different characters as well. Yeah, yeah. Season 5 is my favourite. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it soon. Only three more seasons. That's what? Uh, eight weeks each. So in 24 weeks. So next year. Yeah. I'm a Series 3 boy. You're a mm. Series 3 boy. And we'll be covering that next episode in season three of Rotten Track. We will be indeed. And that will be episode 17. Uh, we're not sure when we'll get that to you because, Connor, you're about to go to your end of school exams. Yes. Um, as of recording, uh, all my exams end in about four or five weeks, mm-hmm. which means that by the time we get uh, these three episodes out, uh, plus uh, the general break that we like to have and... Anything else special we may have planned? Mm. Um, I should be back. I should be back in time for season three. I look forward to it. If not, I'll be off sparkle, sparkle, sparkling. <laughs> Sounds good to me. In the meantime, we hope that you have enjoyed uh, hanging with us um, on Right on Track. Um, we love hearing uh, from our listeners, and there are multiple avenues that you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can listen to us via Omni.fm. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Anything we're missing there? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I think that's my spaces in terms of listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, uh, a few people have been listening on SoundCloud as well. Is that true? Yeah, that I've had a few people linking going, I've been listening to Right on Track on SoundCloud. So There you go. That's something I didn't know. Yeah, hmm. it's possible to listen to us there. It's probably through a avenue of Google Podcasts or something. But yeah. you can listen to us on a whole bunch of great podcast streaming services. Of course, Right on Track is part of our wonderful media station, Sin, where we all are. Yeah, we'd like to thank the Sin staff and also our fellow volunteers for all the support you've given us. We've had so many people yeah. come up to us and say how much they love our podcast. It, I know. It's definitely uh, yeah. lifted, I guess, uh, the spirits here and it's made us feel uh, really passionate about what we do. So we just mm. want to put that feeler out there and say thank you very much to each and every one of you for your support and and your gratitude. Like, of course, it is quite strange doing a podcast about a children's TV show that's been going on for about 35 years now. So we'd like to say a big thank you to all of you, our wonderful listeners who've supported us and listened to us, and we'd love to hear more from you. You can reach um, us on multiple social media, uh, Twitter is at OnTrackThomas. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash RightOnTrackThomasPodcast. And if you're feeling sour indie like me, you can <laughs> jump on Instagram at TTTE underscore RightOnTrack or email us at RightOnTrackThomas at gmail.com. Yes. And we hope you've had a great time joining us for this ride all aboard. Um, of our Series 2 train, which is now stopping at its final station. Toot toot. (laughs) It has been a great time, but we hope you join us all aboard for Series 3. Whenever that may be, but until that happens, I've been Parry. I'm still Connor. And I have been Denim. And this has been the Right on Track podcast, guys. Adios. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.